Tigers Uncaged. Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your hosts, Jesse and Lance. the podcast for your medicine hat tigers a team that is still waiting still hoping to have a little x beside their name as always it's jesse and lance joined by the mouth of the south the voice of the tigers gino napali hello my friends (laughs) hello my fellow southern albertaners and we are recording this on a thursday right after a wednesday game it is nice out there i forgot like when people advertise about the like 380 days of sunshine mm-hmm. this this beautiful city it's has it's a very legit thing like minus 40 sun's out yeah beautiful. that's right how do you feel after uh, a weekday game you know what i'm on the fence mm-hmm. i would have been probably more juiced if it was a loss to edmonton cuz i would have been mad to be right. honest you know it's not like you where you're like throwing all your lungs into it on your chats i kind of dialed her back a hair i'll be honest right. last night and Ah, it's it's another game. It's an Edmonton game, and it was treated like an Edmonton game, and it worked out. You know, you're always afraid of the traps, and yeah. you, you didn't have the trap. Yeah, it took you about ten minutes to get the coffee percolating, but once you got her going, you were yep. right on track. Brendan Lee opens the scoring, and well, guess who's got over point per game and playing top six minutes? But Gavin McKenna. But we kind of called that as soon as he was going to get his first one. We we're like, watch out because the mm-hmm. floodgates will open up as soon as he could just get that monkey off his back. And when he did score that goal, and I talked to him after, he just breathed a sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. And it was like, because you you don't want to admit it's in the back of your mind, but I feel like it is in the back of your mind when everyone keeps asking when is that first goal going to happen. Yep. Played very well in the games leading up to it. He's been great in every game he's played in. Except yeah. for maybe one game, maybe his game in Calgary way back in November when he came up. Maybe it was just, sure. it wasn't even that he played horribly. It was, he's thrown into a spot that he probably wasn't expecting to be in. And then he, after that, man, like he's 15 points in 14 games. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. crazy. He's 15 years old. I know the rookie scoring, here's a here's a number that I'll throw at you, and this is nothing against Caden Lindstrom. Caden Lindstrom now has 41 points on the season in 58 mm-hmm. games. McKenna has 15. Yep. And he has nine in his last four. Yeah. To think that, I mean, he did have a stretch. He started the season with four points against Lethbridge, and then he had a run of about four or five games with no points. Yep. And then kind of buoyed all of those, after, like you said, after he scored against Regina, and like we kind of figured the floodgates would open a little bit. But his role changed yes. in that time. When he was with the Tigers earlier in the year on the emergency recall portion that they did, he was playing bottom six yeah. minutes. He was really only getting ozone starts. He wasn't playing in all three zones. It was let's try and protect him a little bit, which makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, over the course of a season, he's he's now a top six forward. He's playing in all three zones for starts. Like It doesn't matter where the faceoff is. He's getting thrown over the boards depending on you know shifts and matchups and things like that. But... Um, that that's what's almost more impressive than me. Like the points, if you figure are going to come, I didn't think they'd be over a point per game, and whether or not it ends the season that way is whatever. Uh, to me, it's just that he's gotten the the confidence of Willie Desjardins to play in all three zones and be a top six forward in around four months. That's crazy. Wow, mm-hmm. you don't see that very often. And he, here's the thing, because I talked to a lot of Tiger fans last night at the game, and a number of them, more than I thought, asked. 
Well, I thought his five games were up. Who's injured? Why? Why is he? Uh, how is he emergency contact? Uh, he's not anymore. No, he's a full time tiger. And we talked about no visor. The there is no, no cage anymore. There is no cage no anymore. Saha season is done. The the tournament is over. You can mm-hmm. play as much as you want. So now he is officially on the team. If there is a second season for the Medicine Hat Tigers, he will be a part of that roster. That's yes, right. He will. That's right. It'll be. Uh, so it's safe to say now he's officially a full time tiger. Yeah. He's never going to touch the Canada Sports School Hockey League again. Nope. Nope. He'll be he'll be with the Tigers for until he's not until he goes to the next level. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a big ad. How and confident does he look out there too? I think that's that's one of the big things too, and that comes with time, I guess, and, and a little bit of seasoning, getting your feet under you. But you really just can can directly point to that Regina game and being able to score in that, and you could see the confidence grow from there. Because uh, I mean, I said on the on the broadcast yesterday. He was the one on his line of Tyler McKenzie and Brendan Lee and himself that was going to the net front, that was in the crease, that was in the hard areas. He was in the muck. <laughs> and it's his first game with a visor, which doesn't get talked about a ton because it seems so common, but when it's your first time playing without a full cage on, you, you are now opening yourself up to a little bit more of a liability when it comes to high sticks, to, to scrums. You no longer can necessarily hide in the scrum like before when... You know, if, if guys were pulling people out and they saw you with a cage, you'd be like, oh, well, that's it. Like, you, you open yourself up to a lot more a lot more aggression, a lot more potential for, for getting nicked and cut here and there. Mm-hmm. And right. he didn't care. He's like, he get high-sticked, and he might, he might have to go get some stitches one it, day. It just didn't, it didn't bother him. And that was, that was really impressive to me, was that he, his game didn't change a literal inch, which I, I don't know that you can say that for everyone when they get a visor on for the first time in their life. Very true. And uh, he did have a little bit, not swagger, but a little confidence in his skate last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also got to give kudos to the team because there, there's there been a lot of speculation, a lot of attention brought on to this one kid. And it seems like this team has just, they want to see him succeed. They've yep. welcomed him with open arms, right? You, you, any other team, who knows? It would have been like, listen, you're kind of the outsider. This has been our team for the whole season. We've busted our behinds. Mm-hmm. But they've welcomed him. And I see it in the face-offs. They're giving him advice. They're telling him where to go. They're passing to him a lot more. You saw him utilize a lot on the power play. Mm-hmm. I, I love to see that. And we heard that last week with uh, Moline and Parsons. Buy in. Mm-hmm. They know this team is ready for a playoff push. Mm-hmm. You want to come to the team? We know you're good. <laughs> yeah. Come on in. Yeah. If you're I, gonna, just, I love it. If you're going to help the team win, and I'll bring up one name that has extremely benefited from Gavin McKenna. And that's Brendan Lee. Hundred percent. Like how much? Like I mean, second would be Parsons because I mean, look at his goals and like the assists, right? All the primaries. I think McKenna's got half of them. Parsons owes a couple goals to to (laughs) McKenna, but you're right. Brendan Lee has been the beneficiary. He's been a huge beneficiary of it, and you know what? It sound and I don't want to sound like Gavin McKenna is the greatest thing that's going to ever happen to the world of hockey because I don't because he's 15. He he became a meal ticket for Brendan Lee, like. Mm -hmm. You don't want to lose that guy off your line if you're not playing well. Tyler McKenzie, it doesn't matter who he plays with. He's going to be playing with somebody good. Yes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Brendan Lee is a 20-year-old trying to get a shot at a contract, mm-hmm. get into a into a Canada West school perhaps or somewhere in the States, like at some college or pro, I don't know where. Mm-hmm. And you need a guy like that to show how good you actually are. So his game is up to notch, and it was a four-point night for him. His first ever career Western Hockey League hat trick comes with two games left and potentially his career as a Western leaguer. 
We, it hasn't put. There's no X by the name yet. Yeah, no, it's great. We're gonna get into that. But uh, Brendan Lee, we started the year. We knew we expected big things from him. We thought he was gonna have a good season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been great on the power play. Mm-hmm. Is he a guy that we expected to get over thirty goals this year? No, I don't think I mean, so. I think you're in that twenty range, right? Yeah, if he would have gotten to twenty twenty five, you would have been pretty happy with what you would have got. Last year he stood out. I mean, last year it was just it was hard to even buy a goal. Mm-hmm. So we traded a guy like Svekoski, and he's still leading our team in goals. Months after he's been traded, that was Brandon funny. Lee was a guy last year in a in a rough team, but he was a bright spot in a rough team. Yep. And yep. we were like, okay, I can't wait to see what he does next year. Mm-hmm. He has excelled, I think, any expectation that I had for him, and I had high expectations. Yeah, but he's just been he's been Mister Reliable this year for this team. When it comes to scoring goals, yeah, you, you need someone that's gonna that's gonna be not afraid to shoot. Yeah, I think there's some. Um, Every now and then you, you catch yourself getting into some engagement conversations around Brendan Lee and whether or not he's fully in on each and every shift, which is sometimes leading to, to a couple problems. I think, you know, you, you look at the defensive end of the game and you're not, if you're going to the next level, you're not looking at Brendan Lee to, to fill out your bottom six and, and be a guy to, you know, be own end first instead of the ozone. Uh, so when you look at what he's offering potential teams down the road I mean it's it's a pro caliber shot Mm -hmm. it's the opportunity to play on a power play right and it's an offensive first mindset he can round out the defensive part of his game at the next level it'll take some work but he can get there Uh, but just having a guy that's not afraid to shoot the puck has been has been a huge help and you saw his his impact on the power play earlier this season and I think probably what was it since November December teams really just the video got around and everyone was aware. Take thirty nine away on the offside wing and yeah. and make other guys score. And that's maybe a little bit where the Tigers' power play problems, especially with that unit, has fallen in because teams are defending it. Mm-hmm. They've tried working around different areas, and he's getting some here and there. But I mean, to start the season, he was on a ridiculous clip on the power. He play. was oh. leading the Canadian Hockey League in power play goals for the long. He's only got twelve. He hasn't got a power play goal since after he got injured. Yeah. And came back. He has not scored a power play goal since. Really, and that's that's a hundred percent adjustments from yes, the opposition. Yes, one hundred percent is, and you got it. You know, it's going to be a little hard. You got to curl and drag a couple times and mm-hmm. fire it through. But that's the one benefactor of McKenna, and just in an Edmonton game, that's sorry, that's what everybody else was probably doing against the Tigers last year. That was oh, the yes. expectation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to be up five nothing, and I want to go to bed. That's yeah. what I wanted. I remember an old um, coach of mine said. If I'm having a great day game coaching, I could read a book while you're doing the game. Right. Now, Willie Desjardins and them weren't doing that last night, but that's where we were kind of at was book reading in the third period mm-hmm. and pulling off random facts and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I'm glad I actually did a little bit more preparation. Well, listen, last one. night, I mean, say what you will about Edmonton. They're, they're, I see shades of what the Tigers were last year in Edmonton. But um, I would have been worried if the Tigers didn't get 40 shots last night. If they didn't score eight goals. If it was a lot closer, I'd be worried going yeah. into this weekend. Yep. If they play exactly how they played against Edmonton, regardless of who you're up against, if mm-hmm. that's the way you're going to play, they should be successful this weekend against the Broncos. More in the third period. I didn't think their first was great. No. Uh, I thought their second got away from them. Yes. And they, and they let their foot off the gas after it got to 5 nothing, and then they kind of got bit in the butt for it. But did we um, see that last time they played Edmonton too? It to was 4 nothing after one, and then they kind of took like I, you're, the- you're not going to be able to keep the hammer down the entire time, but it's more details. Like, you don't need to go and fly and, and be 
odd man rushing the entire time and creating chance after chance after chance in the ozone. But when you start losing the finer points of, you know, just clean breakouts and moving the puck with pace and, and having your head up and not trying to toe drag from your own blue line all the way into the ozone, like we, we saw that a lot in the second. And, yes. and that was concerning, but they got rid of it in the third. Well, if they didn't have the third that they had, to kind of your point, I would be a little bit more question marked about the weekend. Yeah. But I thought their third was the best period they played, their which first, makes me feel better. Their first 10 minutes were not great at all. Like, it, they were lucky that they didn't give on up because Edmonton had a very slight, slight shot advantage for the longest time. 2-1, I think. It was like 3-2. I think it was 3-1 three three three, yeah. after the first media timeout. I think yeah, was, something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. Then they turned it up a notch. and Man, I, I, you just want to see that complete effort. Yeah, it's Edmonton, I get that's your game to burn of where maybe you weren't maybe your best and everybody has them. But now the real test is at hand this weekend. Actually, maybe one more point. That's the point I was trying to remember. The one thing I would like to see better that will need to be a factor, draws. Mm-hmm. The last three mm-hmm. games have been over double in beat. They've been beat over double in faceoff wins by two games in Calgary. And the, the, the draws last night, I believe, were... 43 to 27 last mm-hmm. night in favor of Edmonton. Really? That needs to be cleaned up. I did notice draws they were losing a lot of draws in Calgary. A lot of crucial draws, I think, were being lost in Calgary. There's just uh, You do that against Swift, could be a long week. I, I will say half of the centermen listed, I, will say, I, I suppose, it ended up being 40%, but two of the four that were listed as center are both rookies in Mercic and, and Lindstrom, and they're going to have their ups and downs. But... You can't allow that to happen, to your point. You can't be giving two of every three face-offs to the opposition. And you saw slight changes up top again. Like, there's mm-hmm. – I, I don't know that I would have expected at game six after game 66 that we would be talking about who's playing with Basha and Weisblatt and what that line is looking like, yet here we are. And they just, for whatever reason, the, the carousel on the right wing has continued to swing through – and now Wiseblad himself found himself on the right wing of his own line, and, and Owen McNeil started taking draws. And, and truth be told, that wasn't a whole lot more successful in the faceoff dot. If I'm just being honest, it, there wasn't a whole lot more to like last night from a faceoff perspective. And it, it, it's just really surprising to me that after 66 games, we don't know who's playing the top line right wing. Well, Is there a guy in your mind that you would think would be the clear... No, because there's been multiple opportunities for basically everyone in this lineup, and no one's taken it. Every single player that exact. I, I will say with the caveat that Botcherov had taken that job and was doing great, then he got hurt. Yeah, not his fault. But since he's come back from that setoff hit, dropped off a step, not mm. fell back a step, not mm. the same. And I think he knows it. He's a smart kid. Yeah, he's good. He wants to get back up to that level because he knows he can play at that line and at that pace with that uh, that group of, of Weisblatt and Basha. But he's really been the only player that's seen that opportunity, taken it, and ran with it for an extended period of time. How good was he in that role? It's it's unreal. To me, there's one guy, and it's 72, man. That's the only – but you're not going to take him away from Brendan Lee and Tyler McKenzie at this yep, moment. No. You, you might. You might go – you might go Bame back, and you might revert back to the McKenzie, Mercic, and Bame line, so you could balance things out. But I don't think so. I really love, and I've I think I've said it way too much. How much I love Tomas Mercic playing center, playing with Braden Bame and Hunter Saint Martin. Mm-hmm. That line, they they ended up with a dash one last night. Mm-hmm. All of them. 
which is very unfortunate because they didn't deserve to be dash one. Tomas Mercik only has nine goals this year. Mm-hmm. He probably should have at least 15. Also, I, that kid is too good to not be sitting that way, and that's not his fault. It's just... It's just the breaks of being a 16-year-old in the Western League right now. Yeah, he's going to gonna, he's gonna blow up next year. Are, can we not all agree that when we saw him play center to start the season, we were like, holy... <laughs> what are you? Not sure that What's this your is, name and what, where sure are you from? This is a great idea, Tomas. I don't think we, uh, we're going to see you at center for a very long time. No offense to Mercik, young player in the league. It's hard to play center in the Western League as a rookie. And he kind of went through that and experienced it f- through the first month. And then he got kicked out to the wing. Then he was picking up penalty kill responsibility. And about Christmas, maybe February. It was February. He really jumped in on the power play. And you started to see that he was becoming a trigger man for his unit on the power play. And then he got moved back to center. And we've seen this with players before. I think of Reed Andreessen last year, where Andreessen had to pick up a bunch of penalty killing responsibility last year. And he had to prove that he's able to defend in his own zone and help out on that unit before he was able to be elevated. And by the season's end, he was the trigger man on the power play. And he was the one doing the distributing. And you're kind of seeing the same thing with Mercik. I mean, hats off to him because he's, he's worked through this year. And for a guy that was, you know, a, a highly touted prospect coming out of Delta, it's not easy when the game doesn't come easy to you. No. And it always had up until this point. I would imagine that, you know, the game has come pretty easy for Tomas Mercik. And what he's been able to do, he's been able to do when he wants and how he wants for the most part of his hockey career. And now he's having to work a little bit, and, and it takes a little bit to learn that, and he's doing a great job of it. And it shows that he's putting in the work. Yeah, 100%. He could absolute fly. 100%. Him and St. Martin and Bame. Oh, my God. Like, Bame reminds hold me Hold on of... to your bloody hats Ugh. when they're skating by. Watching be like, Bame? be like jets flying yeah. over Yeah, him. it's like Luis Mendoza in the Mighty Duck movie. The guy's so fast, but he can't yeah. stop. Bame can stop, but holy yeah. man, does that guy got wheels. And St. Martin, he is such a grinder. Like, that dude just... The effort that he puts in on every shift, yeah, it's just. Don't forget, he can skate too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, he's <laughs> always in there. Like he's he's just a grinder. Like if he gets knocked down, he's the first one back up, and he'll get. He's gonna do everything he can to get that puck back. Yeah, he doesn't quit on plays. He doesn't, and it it just. And he's I the just, guy that I enjoy watching. I really think that to to wrap up the point on Mercik, like every every if you're a Tigers fan, you should be pretty darn. Proud of what Tomas Mercik has put together this season. Don't be afraid to get a 26 Tigers yeah, jersey if you get, want. Like a, a, a guy that you can see has the work ethic and has the drive and and the mentality to also be coachable, right? Like they, so coachable. We, we, we maybe don't talk about that enough, and it's hard to kind of gauge from the outside on a shorter sample, but now we're 66 games in. You get to see just like where he started and where he's gotten to and, and how he's been malleable in a lot of ways where he's adapted and he's made changes and he's done what he's had to do. And uh, I, I, when you bring all those together, those are like pro qualities for, for the next level. And I think he's learned that at a pretty young age. Yeah. He's going to be fun to watch. I, 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 you blew my mind when you said he was 16. Yep. Yeah. It's it, kind of 2006. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Him and Lindstrom. Who's um, also got nasty lately, but that's a different point yeah. for a different day. We got, we got to talk about this, this final weekend because uh, Lance, who's he's the numbers guy. He's going oh, yeah. through all these different tiebreakers, all these different scenarios. Yeah. He's got the pinballs going. I like wrote it on a piece machine. of paper. It, it, it is crazy. Uh, Joe Fraser would be a big fan of you for the pen and paper. Your paper? Oh, that's pencil and paper. Oh, oh yeah. Or that's it's pen. faded pen. It's, yeah. Faded yeah, pen. It looked like pen. pencil over there. I was like, oh, boy. We are getting set like for a very big weekend against a team that, 
I mean, let's call a spade a spade. They've kind of had our number. They've been able to to play against us in the Swift Current Broncos. They've been a very frustrating team. Has it been fun playing Swift? No. No, hasn't been fun going so, to Swift. Uh, it's been about as fun as playing PA. <laughs> so the real scenario, if we want, <laughs> oh yeah, wait till he gets started on PA, uh, to get the X right beside our name. Yeah. Yeah. We have to get a dub this weekend. Is that kind of what? The premise is yes and no, okay. not necessarily. Okay, so I'm going to give you all the it's I'm going to give you all the, all the right. scenarios. Let's do okay, scenario you need to play time. like some dramatic music, like dun 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 dun. <laughs> if I find that in post production, I'll throw it in. <laughs> if I remember to look for it, zero points this weekend. You missed the playoffs. You're out. So you go home. Swift sweeps upset. us to see this weekend. That's series. right. You mm. get zero points in your two games. You no longer in playoffs. Listen up. This is this is all important. Take people, notes. I was getting texts during the game yesterday. People asking about the scenarios, so I'm going to okay. explain it all here. If you get two points, Tigers will clinch playoffs. Okay. That means a Friday win, a Saturday win, or two overtime losses, two shootout losses. I don't really care how they come. Two points. You clinch playoffs. Okay. Your seeding will depend on what Calgary does in the weekend. Yeah. With two or more points. Because they play Edmonton. The the race for seventh is really going to come down to Sunday. And and you'll kind of just wait and see. Because if they play Saturday, Sunday, the Hitmen do. Um, if they lose Saturday afternoon, heading into the Tigers' final game of the season against the Broncos, a co-op play Saturday night, sheesh, that could be interesting. Anyway, two or more points, you're in the playoffs, and your seeing will depend on what Calgary does over the weekend. If you get one point, things get really weird. <laughs> because if you get one point, that means Cal or uh, Swift Current theoretically gets three. Mm-hmm. Because they would potentially win, or maybe they get four. Yeah, Things could get really weird. There's potentials for three-way ties. There's potentials for two-way ties. And no matter how the tiebreakers shake tie, out. But <laughs> yeah, two-way ties is just a tie. <laughs> but no matter how the ties shake out, the Hitmen, the Broncos, and the Tigers... The Tigers are on the wrong end of all the tiebreakers. Yes, because of are. wins? Because of wins. So Regulation what does that mean? wins. Right. It, it actually, it's just, it's straight up wins. Wins in the Thank regular you. season. You, yeah, sorry. you're good. Because I, I, I thought it was regulation wins because they have it as a stat on their website. Guess it's just irrelevant. Yeah. Um, but it really just would come down to if the teams are tied for eighth place, there will be a play-in game. And it will be in either Calgary or in Swift Current if it gets to that point. There's no chance that the Tigers would host a playing game. No. I was talking to the ownership group about that last night, and I said, "There's." he's like, we will not be hosting the tiebreaker game if nope. we have it. There is a 0% chance of that. They have already told me that, and they know that. They're like, we just want to get two points on Friday. So, uh, obviously, the higher-ups, even the coaching staff, I would imagine are kind of the same as Lance, and they're, they're putting every scenario in their brain. Oh, Jace Desjardins probably had this forecasted since – Wednesday of last week. The three-way tie, looking at things, is close to, if not basically impossible. Yeah. Um, I just kind of threw it in because I'm not going to – I'm a nerd. I'm not that big of a nerd, and I don't have that much time. I literally did this like 20 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> but, like, realistically, you kind of look at it and you say, okay, so if the Tigers get one point, they'd be even with the Hitmen. That means the Hitmen have to lose out in order to tie them for eighth. If and they, Edmonton has beat Calgary twice yeah, this let's, season. Let's I don't not, think they're. Not I, I mean, they are. <laughs> they are. Hot, they are flaming hot garbage. Yeah, right now. it's and and I mean they've lost so many guys. The Hitmen are flaming hot. 
They they're are. very good right now. They have a really good goalie. But Edmonton has beat Calgary. Yeah, yeah, they have. Twice. You're right. Now yeah, you're going to ask the city. You, you're if right. you're going to ask the city of Edmonton to do you a solid and be reliable, you're you're dreaming, bud. Right. Don't rely on Edmonton to do anything right. So there's a chance that, uh, for example, the Tigers end up with one point, and the Broncos end up with four. Right. Mm-hmm. Regulation and an extra time win. The Tigers get an extra time loss. So they're up three right now. They would be, let's all do it together, up three. Plus one. Yeah, tied plus for one. So that would be So they'd be four. tied with Swift. Yes. Okay, sure. So if the Tigers get one point and lose, they're going to be tied with Swift. And then the tiebreaker game would be in Swift. In Swift. That is correct. Essentially, oh. the Tigers need Go one point. Go back po- to Swift oh. again. The, the easy breakdown for making playoffs is this. If they get no points, they're out. They get one point, they're tied. If they get two or more, they're in. That's the easiest okay. way that you can look at it. And to be honest, at this point, seventh would be nice. But just to have that X beside our name, I that's kind of. Yep. And you got to give credit to, to Swift. They won the game that they had to on the second of a back-to-back in Red Deer. That, how big was that win? You, I mean, you, you lose that season. game, you're done. Yeah, you're they, done. They actually would be out, and the, this would all be a moot point. This would and all. And I be mean, done. if Calgary would have lost last night against Lethbridge, that would have been real interesting too. And to your point, that's why it, maybe with one eye you're going to start watching and, and see what Edmonton does against Calgary because if Edmonton is able to find an upset against the Hitmen, and the Tigers say find a win Saturday or Friday night, I mean, you could go into Saturday with the chance to lock up seven seed. You got some juice. There would be an opportunity. So Friday night, Tigers play. Saturday afternoon, Calgary plays. Sunday or Saturday night, Tigers play. Sunday afternoon, Calgary plays. Do we have to go to the – if it gets down there, are we going to go to Calgary on Sunday and, and rip it up or what? Uh, if – if no. Okay. Actually, the, no, there's no way. No. There's no way I go there. I'll watch from home. All right. But, uh, okay, so, yeah, anyway, that's kind of the entire breakdown. Man. Tigers need – one point to extend the season, two points to get in, zero points, no boy, no pack it up. The tiebreak game would be on Wednesday, March 28th. Good to know. Because then know. the playoffs are going to start that weekend, right? You start Friday, on Friday. Saturday. So, <laughs> not putting the cart before the horse. You get to the tiebreak game and you win it. You got to pretty much get on the – you might be getting on the bus, say, if you're in Swift or Calgary. Mm-hmm. You're going to Winnipeg right after that game. Oh, you might yeah. be actually not stopping at home. No. You might be just no, en route just it to up like you're going. That's just, playoff hockey. Yeah. And, and I then, don't think that the majority of the boys on that bus are going to be mad because they remember what last year was when they were told when their season was done. Mm-hmm. This is true. Mm-hmm. That's all you wanted, right? There is nothing. And and listen, I'm in that same boat. I'm not a player, so I I, I don't know exactly how they're feeling. But being a part of the team for close to 10 years and being told that was the final game, because we've been very lucky, you know, make the first round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun. But to be told, this is the final game, we'll see you next year, that sucks. Mm-hmm. That really sucks. It's hard to get a team and a crowd motivated on a game where they say, this is it. you got nothing really to play for after today other than just the 60 minutes. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, How motivated can you actually be unless you're a 20-year-old? You might be a little more looser, but you're still done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll say one thing, and I know I've done this like three times. I'll say one thing. Sure. I've never not called a playoff game in my broadcast career. I'd like to keep that trend intact. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be a nice streak to keep together. Yeah, and yeah. it's quite possible. And, and kind of like you said, I, I mean, it would have been great if Swift would have lost both of the home or the back-to-back up in Red Deer. Uh, they didn't. would have been great. I mean, the Tigers had things really within their grasps. 
Uh, we haven't really talked about it yet, but uh, you, you ran into a hot goalie on Saturday at Co-op Place against Braden Peters, mm-hmm. who was he was kind of all over the place and just kept the puck out. Mm-hmm. I guess when you look at it at the end of the day, that's your job, and he did it. Um, shout out Tabor, Alberta, and Braden Peters. And then Sunday, you collapsed. You Had buckled. It. Had it. There's really no other way to put it. You gave up two goals in ten seconds and three in four minutes. You can sugarcoat it all you want. You buckled. You gave it away. So you can't really be sitting here now if you're the Tigers and saying, well, I hope we get help in the standings. Yeah. You, you had your own chance. And yeah. I think you, when you hear from the messaging, and Gino, you've talked to coaches on a daily basis, I think they'd be the first to say they've been controlling their own destiny this entire way. Since February. And that's the thing that's mattered to them the most is worry about what you do in your room and whatever happens on the out-of-town scoreboard happens, but take care of your business first. And for the first time in a long time, this team last weekend just wasn't able to take care of their business. Remember, you're above. People are chasing you, not the other way around. The harder stuff happens to them. Yep. That's why you get all of Lance's number breakdowns. Mm-hmm. They only have to do certain things. You want to do more than that, win on Friday, and we can. I'll tell you what, at 943 when I hop on the Tigers' Twitter account, I'll put a big old X next to it. How does that right. sound? Or a, a small X, I don't know. Whatever. I hate to also pat myself on the back because I'll separate my shoulders. Remember when I was saying 70 points would get you in the playoffs? <laughs> mm-hmm. 69, I... that'll get you there. <laughs> nice. So close. <laughs> so close. 69 will get you there. Uh, close. Yeah. yeah. That's I, all you I, need, though. I honestly cannot remember the last time it has been this nail-biting. I mean, I, I remember years no. past when we had the tiebreaker game with Edmonton. Mm-hmm. So I remember that, but... I mean, two weeks ago, we could almost got six. Like it, it yep. was, it's been so tight. Yeah, and I, I mean, to that point, credit to the Regina Pats. They've gone out and won quite a few games in mm-hmm. a row. You kind of look at the teams that are around the Tigers, and they're all on winning streaks. They are. They, yeah. They've all won some games in a row. So, yeah, you just get to the harder part of the season. When we start talking, when we do our little playoff special for, for this podcast. We have a special? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I would we, be uh, a little. We didn't have one last year. I guess I was going to say those. Yeah, we didn't get one last year, so we should. Yeah. But, I mean, I beginning of the year, or trade deadline, I would have told you that Seattle and Winnipeg clear favorites for the WHL championship. Mm-hmm. The there's, championship. There's a, lot, yes, the champion. there's a lot of hot teams that I think could take the Winnipeg ice. Ooh, I mean, you could start with Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw beat him last night 6-4. Guess what? Everybody's back probably come game one of the playoffs against the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Do we know that? Because there well, hasn't really been anything said about the individuals if they were coming well, back. Well, the thing that I took from that, and it, who knows who's going to be pushing the buttons on that, the article said, non-criminal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it's non-criminal charges... In any other league, you're playing the next night. Moose Jaw did, I guess, the right thing to do and just rest of the regular season. Mark O'Leary, this is, they've been doing this about their head coach, suspended. Mm-hmm. And you have the possibility of getting Max Warner. Sorry, I, those were the players named. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor Unger, mm-hmm. uh, the Howell kid, and who's the Howell. Merrick Howell, and who was the other kid there? Don't have it in front of me. <laughs> I can't remember who the, the fourth guy was. My favorite thing when Jesse does that during our show and then asks me, who was that one? Don't have it. Don't yeah. know. Yeah, and I had that too, and I did a trade deadline thing for a major network. Like, even, or like, what do you think of this trade with such? I'm like, I don't even know who that is. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, Must be a good deal. <laughs> and if they come, and this is if they come back, I'm not advocating that they do, but if they can and are allowed to, you have to if you're Moose Jaw. 
you're probably beating Lethbridge if you bring them all back. Possible. You may not be playing Connor Unger because he hasn't played goal for about three months or whatever it's been, two months. You might be going with Jackson Unger in net. That's a very intriguing or They have the firepower, just not as experienced as Winnipeg to do it. Yeah. And guess what? If old 98 from Regina is in Winnipeg, I bet you he'll put on a show. It's true. Also, I know this is a ridiculous argument, but if no, standings were based off of goal differential, the Tigers would be fourth. Yeah, I know. Really? They have a better goal differential than the Moose Warriors, Lethbridge Hurricanes, Regina Pats, Calgary Hitmen, Swift Current Broncos. All yada, right, WHL, let's change that. Not that it means a ton. <laughs> Not that it means that much. But, like, they're the only team I'm looking outside of, of Moose Jaw, so from five down, that have a plus goal differential. Really? And it's in the 20s. Like, Leth- I, I still don't understand how Lethbridge wins games. I, I No offense, Lethbridge. No offense no, to no, Dustin Harrison Forbes. Harrison No, offense. That one, <laughs> no. You guys couldn't even win last night. Offense. Okay, I snapped yeah, Dustin. I was like, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. I wanted to say, you backed into about 12 wins this year. You couldn't back into two more. Like, they're minus one this year. They have under 200 goals for. I I don't. They're rivaling Prince Albert for their goals for this season. I just don't understand. <laughs> anyway, they find ways to win they games. They must be winning, like, close games. Oh, yeah. They're all, all one-goal games all that they win. Which is something to be said when you get to the playoffs. Yeah. And you're able to win those games. Yep. Um, But, no, I'm just kind of looping it all back to the original thought where it's the Tigers had their own opportunity to lock things out and weren't able to do it. I mean, you can point to a bunch of different spots, but the reality is you got two games ahead of you. You just got to win one. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. You just got to win one. Win Friday. Win Friday. Win fr- yeah. I think the win Friday How would sick would open that things be up. If you, whether it's regulation, whether it's shootout or overtime, you go into that barn, and you beat, and they their li- their lives will crumble mm-hmm. in front of them. Like if Swift Current loses on Friday, and they they give up two points, that could be a completely different team on Saturday. You want to talk about a team that's not going to want to play the next day? That would be the Browns. How many people are going to actually be there the next day? See, is my that, question. That's kind of what I wanted to lean into because I want to get the dub on Friday because I want the X, but I also want that barn. Co-op plays to be rocking Saturday night. True, true. Because I gotta say, hey, twenty-six forty-five last night for a Wednesday night game. Mm-hmm. I was very imp- the fifty-fifty pot got to over twelve grand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was nice. We are starting to see an increase. Last did the numbers on that as well. It's a yeah, very, oh, it's a pl- very. Please slow... put up like another music bed of like numbers or you something want or, you want that? I got or like got a, a typewriter. Like it's a very slow increase. I got a dock. But we are starting to see. I did this. Is I did it a this. Google Doc? Please tell me it's a Google no, Doc. No, it's oh. actually a WordPad I was gonna say, I was, That was my next guess. <laughs> it was going to be a WordPad. We, we can't afford Microsoft in this building. Good Lord. I remember that in my old radio. So was like, yeah, we're just going to use the like jailbreak version of Word. And you can't. You couldn't like save <laughs> yeah. anything. And yeah. I, I said to the one man, I was like, what the, you know what, is this? Yeah. They're like, well, we've been doing it for years. I'm like, well, that's why we're at the. That's why we're last in the ratings. So we. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Let's see. I, this I spent word about. Pass. I spent a few minutes looking at the, more than twenty the playoff scenarios. They're easy enough. You can do math. Just go on whl.ca/standings, and you can look for them yourself. Um, but the attendance. Okay. Where do you want to start? Last year. I want to start from the beginning. Like this is your thesis presented to me. Well, now. let's go from last year then. Okay. Last season. The Tigers were 19th in the Western Hockey League in attendance. 
2,166 people came through the gates on average per game. That sounds about right. That's not bad for only having 11 wins. That's, you know that's I'm okay. Paid, I'm okay, I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, but is that paid? Uh, this is the attendance number that is given from either the league or whatever. I'm guessing, I'm guessing some of this is this is whatever. Whatever. I'm, I'm not going to sit here for the and sake of this, count every the, the goddamn of, attendance. For the sake of his thesis presentation, <laughs> yeah, we are okay, going yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll hold our is questions. Is that paid? What the hell kind of? I don't know. I don't set the attendance. <laughs> this season, we are the worst. You and I. <laughs> Last year they were 19th in the league. This year, no improvement. Still 19th. But the mm. number's up. But the number is up. It's nearly 2,600 people per game. Excellent. It's at 2,595 at home. So you look, and that's roughly 300, 400, and uh, 430, I guess it would be. So you have an increase per game around 400 plus. I know I said I wasn't going to ask any questions. Yeah, no, please. But if we're going up and we stayed the same in the in the rankings of 19. That's right. Is it safe to assume that the WHL then, like every team that is, is starting correct. to see improvement? Well, that is correct. This will be the only thing of the factor of the thesis that I will mention. Probably when old 98 came through the barn twice, that upset. But, well, I'm glad but you made mention but of that. Uh, there we go. <laughs> See, this is what a thesis is all about. I asked you a question. You go, boom, I have an answer for yes, you. Yes, because I thought, you know what? What if we took out the Bedard games and the 50-50 game? Because that saw an abnormal Huge. increase for pe- one night only. Yeah. So I can took I, those three games out. Can I say something really quick? Sure, Not go about ahead. The, uh, <laughs> the winner of the 50-50, I, it was a really good story. Yes. Uh, that was just like a, uh, you know, a, a family, a single mom. And struggling mm-hmm. a little bit, won almost eighty thousand dollars. Two teenage kids, two teenage paycheck kids, to paycheck. Car was a POS. She needed I a hope lot of work on I her hope car. she has bought a new car, like I don't know, or invested, paid off stuff. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't have like as selfish as I would have been because I bought fifty fifty. Yeah, I'm so happy that she did, and not some clown. Yeah, that just a guy who dropped a thousand dollars on tickets. <laughs> hey, but thank you for boosting that. Boosting prize, that up, so <laughs> yeah. you're welcome. I just want to say I'm so happy. Yes, 100. percent I'm so yeah. happy. 100. percent That was a cool story, right? It's a great story. Because right. I mean, that it's a life changing amount of money for yeah. a random night at a hockey game. That is crazy. Back yeah. to the thesis. Back to the thesis. So we take Connor Bedard's games out and we take away the 50-50 game. The average drops around 300 people down to 2282 for the season. Very interesting. I like that. Yeah, so that's a more accurate kind of representation of what we're looking at this season. Around 2300 people coming through co-op places doors each and every day. Uh, first half of the season mm-hmm. was 2150, right? Right around there. Second half has increased by 300 people to 2450. So as the season's gone along, as the team has gotten better, as the progress has been made, you're seeing more people come through the doors. It's it, it's it's small, but I mean it's a step in the right direction. The, the progress uh, is progress. The highest game in the first half is right around 2,600 for the home opener, as you would. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never we never cracked 3,000 in the first 17 games of of the season at home. Um, in the second half, there's been two games outside of the Bedards and the 50-50 that have gone over 3,000. The highest since then has been thirty-two forty-four, conveniently against Swift Current in early January. Oh, that was the was that the makeup game? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, it okay. was. I that believe it was. Sense. Okay, and that was a Saturday, January seventh. I want to say it was. Um, that is correct. No, yeah. that was a Sunday game. It was a Sunday at four o'clock. I think game. they did move it to Sunday. Well, whatever. Well, anyway, you're same right. weekend. Thank you. Yes. Um, that's the point I was trying to make. And the Camelops game would be your other one. Probably, you're seeing right? that's that's right. Okay. So you got a couple games that have been over three thousand in the second half that you didn't have in the first. Uh, and then I kind of broke it down by day, but there's nothing too exciting there. Um, I mean, it's, there's it's nothing I mean, weekdays kind of stink. It's basically what you would expect. The only 600 on a weekday game last night. I mean, was yeah, outstanding. That I was good. It. The but only Tuesday day, games probably need to kick rocks. Yeah, so. I was gonna say the only day that averages under 2,000 this season has been Tuesdays. 
uh, given Vancouver, PA, Prince George, and Swift Current have been here on those four Tuesdays, and the average is under two thousand. Tuesdays, you got. We got. I got to. It, it seems I need to do like, a twofer or something like that. You know. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. so there's an like opportunity. the KFC Tuesdays but, but or something like that. But it seems like the WHL. I mean, this is just one season. It's so scheduling it for teams. You. But I mean, it seems like on those Tuesday games. They bring in in teams that we're not really familiar with, and you would think people would get excited. Like, hey, look, it's the U.S. teams. Hey, it's the B.C. teams. It's still a Tuesday. I don't think anyone cares. Well, and that's the th- like we played in two Tuesday games in the U.S. Uh, one was against uh, Seattle, and the other one was Everett. No, that was a f- no. Sorry, we only played one Tuesday game, but it was not bad. And but yeah, that's the same thing. Like they had, a, they still had a good crowd. So I do believe I, I didn't. Take a hard look, um, but I'm pretty sure all the event. hey isn't Spokane still number one in attendance? Uh, I would be like Edmonton. Oh right, cause because because I mean Edmonton and Calgary are going to be at the top, but um, they have the but the biggest. American teams are in there. Like yeah. basically all the American teams, I think except for Tri City. Tri City might be the lowest of the American teams, they and they're like tenth in the league. Yeah, like they're tenth or eleventh. So um, it was really interesting. I think I still have the tab open. the The most interesting thing to me of all this was that. The Eastern Conference is not drawing as well as the West. Yeah. Like, Edmonton's number one, but then you have Everett, Spokane, for the season Spoke. they're having. They're third in league attendance. How wow. incredible is And they're averaging, what, like 3,500 3, a night? Their average has been 5,700. Okay, way off. Wow. 57. Um, to put that in perspective, that fills the se- that gets half the second deck fold mm-hmm. filled here. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. Um but you have Everett, who's from the opposite conference. Spokane. Kamloops is fourth. Uh, Portland is in the mix of the top ten. Seattle, Kelowna. You have all those teams that are in that mix. The highest ones in the Tigers conference, Edmonton, Calgary, Regina. Not surprising. And Regina is going to drop off. It's just really interesting to me that there's so much more of a draw. And that you can go all the way through and go down. Like, we're, we're talking Vancouver, Tri-City, and Victoria, all above teams like Brandon, Moose Jaw, PA, Swift, and Winnipeg, obviously, are limited based off of their ranks. I was going to say, remember, PA only holds like 2,600 people in the Art Hauser Center. And so you have those limitations, but the Prince George Cougars have added nearly 900 per game to their attendance from last season. That's, that's awesome. I, it's I, good I, to see across the good. league. Yep. I feel smart. makes me wonder if there's not more that can be done in this conference in this part of the league, and well, if the league has to look at it and say, "What can we do yep. to try and attract more out of the central division and out of the east division?" Well, if I could, uh, I'm glad that it's not just us. You know what I mean? Like right? the selfish part of me is like, it's not just the Tigers having that issue. Mm-hmm. It, it seems Everybody. like everyone in this division that's right is having that problem. So I don't, I don't know. I, another, and we could really dive into that, but I'm really curious on what the prices are for you know season tickets or just tickets in general for well, the teams that are up. Like, yep. what are they doing that seems to be working that maybe can get transferred over to this side? Well, the American team one is always interesting to me because when I when we went to Portland, the Glass Palace is a dump compared to co-op place, an absolute <laughs> dump. But I man, love, is it rocking! I l- love, like I said, it's old, it's smelly. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Right. Like it's probably got some old arena vibes a little bit, but it's just a big bowl. And I think when we played there, it was, oh, 
want to say 8,000 people came to that game. They had a promo night every night. Not saying that we have to do that. I'm working on that. But also kind of a different story for a different day. That's like taking a page out of the WCBL book a little bit. Just a pro- yeah, Exactly. Maybe like a, like a team like what the Okotoks dogs do. Mm. Margaritaville every Friday. It's oh. Margaritaville every Saturday. Good mm. Lord. There was a few nights, boy. I the, was if I hill. wasn't on the broadcast booth, I was on the bourbon. Yeah, sitting on the berm. Yep, yep. Been there, <laughs> been on the berm once or twice myself. Good time on the. But berm. yeah, like there, it's the promotion nights. I think, and just American sports fans, and I've learned this a lot from knowing a certain person this year. Mm-hmm. They ride or die with their teams. They don't want their teams to leave. They mm-hmm. like they ha- they have sort of that instilled fear. Like if we lose this team, we're never getting another one. And not saying, don't worry, Mass Hat Tigers aren't going anywhere. Right. They're not getting sold. They're not no. leaving. But I mean, it's always in the back of your mind, right? But if you're not going to support it, they're not going to be. Never say never at this you, time. We and the money, mm-hmm. and I think a dollar obviously goes a little bit further in the U.S. Like, mm-hmm. we think uh, this is social issues. This isn't really Tigers on cage contact, but so, social issues in the U.S. Healthcare costs through the roof because it's privatized. And a d- American dollar goes a long way in that side uh, on the other side of the 49th meridian. Mm-hmm. Is that the right? Yeah, uh, 49th and parallel. But parallel. yeah, that's all. Thank same. you. I got you. And, you got the numbers, um, right? But that's the point: is their money. They really are more strategic with their cash. And then we in Canada get a little too comfortable. Like, oh, I don't need to because it's our national game. Mm-hmm. It'll never disappear. And if all it fails, we'll just go to Calgary. We'll and truthfully, just... it even goes to even a step further when you start talking about the the cost of items for running a team. Yeah. And say you're you're buying, let's say you're you're purchasing just everyday equipment, sticks, Ugh, tape. Don't get me started with that. All that stuff. Inherently, when you go to your manufacturer, it's probably going to be a little bit cheaper on the dollar to uh, if you're an American team compared to a Canadian team, simply yep. just with the difference of the dollar. Mm-hmm. And so from the very top down, there's a little bit more flexibility that can be done because you have a little bit stronger buying power when you're working in USD instead of CAD. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's a reality too. Um, but it's just, it's really surprising that, you know, there's, and I understand there's some limitations. So those numbers you got to take with a little bit of a grain of salt based off of the size of yeah. barn that some of the teams in Saskatchewan, for example, play with. But like for a lot of these communities, and we see it with the riders, like it's it's nothing but rider green in Saskatchewan. They support the hell out of whatever teams in their community. Yes. That those numbers aren't necessarily the same reflection to what we might expect. Yeah. That's why there was always a joke that Saskatchewan could support an AHL team. The problem is nobody would want to live there and play there. <laughs> <laughs> but it is just interesting to me. And I no. I wanted to look at it more from a from a Tigers point of view and I think there's there's obviously the, there's work to be done, but I think the biggest takeaway is that um, that numbers have gone up. Yeah, that that's good. Attendance that's is good. improving, and I they think. are going to continue to go up because this team is going to get better. We know that. That's right. It just it, it boggles my mind uh, where we had the fifty fifty, and there's like forty five hundred people. That's how it should be all the time. That's exactly how that yeah. barn should be. On a be. Saturday night, absolutely. We live in a city. This is just the city of Medicine Hat has over 63,000 people. That's not including surrounding areas. It's mm. even more than that. Mm. The fact that we can't even get 4,000 people in an arena to watch a hockey game yeah. is mind-boggling to me. But I'm also at the point, and this isn't taking offense to what you're saying because I think it's valid, I'm at the point where I don't want to be on the side of of petitioning why – you should go to the game and saying it's crazy and that 
We need Too more people far. to come out. No, no, not not the excuses. <laughs> it's it's the opposite end. It's the people who want people to come, but we say, well, why? Like you should be coming. Like, you know what? Like, we, it, that narrative also doesn't breed. I don't think the the environment to bring people in. I, I think agree, there needs to be an you. aspect where, you know, the the diehards who are are on Facebook, for example, and they they're engaging. They they're your P ones. They're the people oh, yeah. that listen to this podcast. I think there needs to be just a little bit of a pullback. I, we we appreciate the passion, but myself personally, I think there needs to be a little bit of a pullback to not say, oh well, they came to see so and so, or you came for this reason or that reason. If you're a real fan, you'll come to all the games. You don't know what other families are going through, and maybe they don't have the disposable income that you have. They don't might they might not have the opportunity to come to as many games. Might have something. They might legit have something to do on Saturday. And to to chastise the community for not coming to every game just because you go to every game doesn't mean that you're in the right. I really I've seen a lot of that, and that part isn't welcoming from the fan base either. Because if I'm going to a game, the last thing I want to do is be like, "Oh, you you came, great. Why did you come?" Why don't you come to more games? It's like a, what's it to you? B, why can't you just say, hey, like that's awesome that Thanks you for came, coming, man. Right on. Yeah. Why can't we get into the comments on socials, for example, and say it was great to see six thousand out, right? Like Wish you we and I always it more talk often. About. It's like no, just come. That's why I that's say right. you can jump on the bandwagon. We're, we're the welcome wagon. That's right. We I'll, want. I'll, I'll open the gate to, or I'll open the door to the wagon for you. You can you can show up and admit this is my very first game. I'll fist bump you and say welcome. Yeah. Because I 100%, want that. You fist bump a lot of people do. that do that. I yeah. want that place. I don't care if you're a diehard or you just moved to the hat. I want that place full. That's right. For my sake and for the boys. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would 100 agree. I just I like. I didn't mean to spiral. I do, I do I do like that. Yeah, I didn't mean to spiral, but I just seen a lot of that, and I know that it's like that. I, I know it comes from a good place when people do that because they're just passionate, but it can also be misconstrued into being like kind of pretentious. You know, I, I, and I'm that's totally fine. I, 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 I want to say something before I don't know what your time is right now. Yeah, we got nothing but I, that's good. Uh, excellent presentation on your thesis today. Well, done. I like well Thank done. You. Thank like, you. I will get like I'm if you were, that. if you presented that at the University of Calgary. Yeah. You might get a degree out of that. Well, I don't know you. what field, yeah. but you could do stats, that. Statistics. Stats or just in a sports management class or something. Yeah, Red Deer or, uh, sorry, Madison Hat College. There you go. Yeah, Present thanks. that. Thanks, Boom. Thank you. Boom. Give me Thank that you. diploma. Yeah, that was nice. I, 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 I should have uh, spent more time on the playoff scenarios. I no, you crushed the playoffs. I, I, think we, yeah. I wrote in pen. Yeah. I, I like how we went thing. from... <laughs> Playoffs, Tomas Mercik, Gavin McKenna, mm-hmm. to social issues oh, all in this. one pot. This got, is awesome. I got yeah, something I to end it. it. Here we oh, go. Here you we ready go. for this? Wait, wait. <laughs> what are you doing? We're not playing You're the who's starting game. Saying, we're not going to do that. I'll tell you who's starting. But this is something that came to our attention as we were hitting the record button. Oh, oh no. That I find who's it very from? interesting. Oh, no. Who's, who's it from? What's go- um, I haven't looked at my phone This is from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, yeah. Oh, you did tell me about this. The Columbus Blue Jackets have loaned Cole Sillinger. To the AHL Monsters Hockey. Mm-hmm. Now, I do know why that happens. Yeah. So he has the opportunity to play in the AHL playoffs, so he can keep okay. playing. That's why that happened. But. <laughs> did, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Go ahead. Would there be a scenario where, I mean, if you are Willie and you, you're sitting there, do you make the phone call to the Cleveland Monsters and say, eh, just wondering, um, mm-hmm. you want to mm-hmm. send him down to the hat for a little bit? We're making a little bit of a push. Could that be a conversation just to see? Or, I mean, I listen, 
<laughs> I love the team that we have right now. I believe this is a team oh, that boy, could make that, some noise. You want to make you want to make a stink out of something. <laughs> I mean, there is. I mean, do you at least make the phone call just to see where we're at? I mean, sorry, you're seeing a lot of a other nine, people do what, it. What's his birth year? Oh three. Ooh. He's a 19 year old. <laughs> yeah, but he's oh 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 my. He he oh, can fit oh, in oh, without oh. having to worry about an overage. <laughs> Oh my! He is. Um, I'm just saying. Is there a conversation? Is, is there a phone ringing? I. There should be. There might be. Here's my thing. At the very worst, you should get told no. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know what? No means no. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I I think you're silly not to just. Hey, we're about to make a push here. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get a little X. Here's two things out of that. You owe us. <laughs> 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 For what we did, because we didn't get a lot of love on the right. draft night. Right, um, right, right. What about, does Cole Sillinger want to come here? I think that would be your number one thing. Does that he, would be the number one question. Does he want to go play junior? Cause Probably not. I, I don't know if he, like, I think. Would he feast? But what does that do for his development? He's been in the NHL for a year and a half. Yeah. Well, what it has he done ha- in the NHL? Okay, yeah, okay. No offense Point. to him. He's a very nice Sorry, guy. Sorry, he has more I'm NHL just... games played than anybody else on the Tigers roster. 100%. Right. 100%. And so that would be the number one is for development issues in the AHL playoffs. Where's Cleveland Monsters in the in the old... Uh, in the play- AHL standings? Yeah. You want to bring that up real I'll, quick? I'll take a look for you. <laughs> just, just because, just because, And that would be my first question. I, I don't see it happening. Would it be the craziest, like... Oh my God! Moment of the that would probably be like the Western Hockey League social media would probably explode if that mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. because if you had Cleveland Cole is Sillinger, dead last right now in the North twenty six twenty six. Um. Okay. Uh, yeah. um, now <laughs> they are now, now. You just opened a can of worms. They with are seven of seven in the North Division. <laughs> so safe to say they're not making the playoffs well, unless every have, team makes in. They something. do have three games in hand. They could move up to to fourth. Mm-hmm. Potentially, oh, but a team that could make the playoffs. Is, I mean, there's is, probably a couple more weeks left in the AHL season. There's only and I was gonna, s- <laughs> I was gonna say, you could argue that uh, that he could come back to the Tigers and then when the season ends, go, go back, back to the A, to, yeah, and go back to the Blue Jackets go, for a couple, yeah, of weeks. where where he originally was. I just, I'm not. I, I, <laughs> I just I I don't see it happening. No, me neither. But now I'm going to be sitting at my desk all day in this arena thinking about it. So thanks for that. Uh I yeah, I'm with you. There's not much there I don't think. Haven't had any indication otherwise. But I would imagine there's been a phone call. It's got to be a phone call. Just to say, "Hey, where's he at?" Where, where's your flight path right now from Columbus to Cleveland? Yeah, you want to like, just reroute that we, to We can you get you to Salt Lake and fly soon? here. Because uh, if you're in the area of Swift Current, we got a game Friday night. You fly it down to fly to Regina. Pick just, I'll I'll go get him. Like I, I'll go get him from Regina. <laughs> I, I will say if if he wasn't available to play on Team Canada, and they didn't send him there, I don't think he's coming here. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want the kid to get a, some playoff experience, not and you're not you. getting it with I'm Cleveland. With I like the I like the argument you're putting together. I just I, I I wish I could. This believe is in like it. a science fair project. You have put out a hypothesis of hypothesis. Yep. And now you've done like all your research, and now I, I need I need you to show your work more this a little is, bit. This more is now. my job as the host. I just throw it. <laughs> no, and you just opened a grenade. Scenario. It honestly it is a good theory. Exploded right in front of it. It honestly is. It's a nice <laughs> thought because it's. Something I don't that, see it. 
It'd be sick, but I don't see it. It's a possibility. It could happen, but it's probably not going to. But, man, would it be cool if it did. Sure would. Right? Like, I think that we could all agree. And then, I mean, while we're at it, why don't we give Adam Sikora a call again? Hey, Adam, where are you at? I mean, where is he at right now? He's in Slovakia. Well, uh, get on a flight. A little bit to get. Go to Pearson and then go to Calgary <laughs> International, I guess. We might have to take. Might have to get him at Swift. Might have to fly him to Regina first. So oh. It might be quicker. I don't know. Is there... And we'll wrap on this because now we're spiraling a little bit. But no, I love it. This is like one of the best spirals we've ever had. Like I said, we started with the seriousness. We got to social issues. We had our moment of... Of intelligence, yes, with, like thesis well, presentation, yeah. to like the what if scenario, mm-hmm. and in a perfect world, let's the magic wrap with beans a, with a big what if that is a, in in my mind. No offense, Jesse, a little bit more plausible. How dare you? And no offense, <laughs> I said no offense. So you can't get mad. Offense, yeah, <laughs> or or with all due respect. Yeah, with all due respect, that's a great one. I love that. What are the odds? That the Rangers look at the situation and say, you know what, actually, Adam Sikora can go there. <laughs> but you are know, we past that point? I don't or think we are. I don't think you're ever past that point as long as you got his rights. If you have his rights, as we've seen from Brad Lambert with the Seattle Thunderbirds, you are he never He held on to that, that one. Yeah, yeah, you are never past the point. Here's, and I, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before. By the way, I love this, by the way. I'm so glad I'm back for this week. You had I'm a good, glad you had a good show. We almost didn't record one this week. I'm so I, glad we did. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I messaged you yesterday. Being right. <laughs> and Excuse here's my thing with Adam Sikora. Is he going to play in the AHL next year? Because I don't think he's making the New York Rangers anytime soon. No. There's no place for him to unless he wants to go to Moto in Sweden. Or he wants to, and if he goes to the KHL, no one's ever going to see him again. And then it'll be a failed draft pick. Saskatoon is not better than Madison had as a place. The arena here is better. Mm-hmm. The people here, I think, are better. <laughs> After okay. the social media team of the Blades <laughs> piled on me yesterday, yeah, they, got they can kick day. rocks. Yeah. I, will, I will kick them right in the face next time I see them. Yeah, they got you. I was not happy. So now I'm, now I'm getting hot here. The now fact that <laughs> Saskatoon is going to be a pretty decent team next year. They'll be good. But are they going to... Are they going to be where the Tigers are? Mm, like that's like for the unknown. momentum? And old 72 might have something to say about this. And I'm, I'm calling him old. He's the youngest guy in Manhattan <laughs> on a roster. You're not wrong, though. And my point is, you look at the depth. If Chris Drury or whoever Adam Sakura's agent is opens their bloody eyes for five minutes and sees what the potential this team is, the coach is, plural, yep. organization, loyalty, respect, storied franchise, opportunity to win, a potential superstar. You're within two hours from an NHL market that you can go and hang out with the New York Rangers at any time. I feel more eyes are I on North say, American though, hockey. Am I agree. I yeah, no, you're right. What but are you will- doing? I will say, though. Saskatoon is not that much better if you wanted to go to the Saskatoon Blades. No disrespect to Brendan Sonny, who is a really good coach coach. in his own right for the Saskatoon Blades. Great coach. Um, I just wanted to throw that in there because he is a quite, quite good coach. Mm -hmm. Um, They'd have to find a a spot for an overager, right? Or not for an overager, for an import, sorry. Yeah. Um, They already have Igor Sidorov and Tomas Zizka. Who was yes. their first round pick in last year's import? He's played draft. like six games. I don't even think he's in Saskatoon anymore. Yeah, he's still on the website. He's played Is 32. He? Yeah, yeah, he's back. Okay. He so came they back w- from <clears throat> Czechia. They will probably. 
I would think you're going to move him out if if there was it. I don't even think that that deal is off the table. Saskatoon, I don't even think is in the conversation this anymore. Yeah, it's, it's on Adam Sakura, his agent, the New York Rangers. And for whatever reason, they don't like the Manhattan Tigers. I, I keep seeing that on social thing. media. And I haven't seen any deal that that's made official. Like, we still have. No, well, that was just at the right. trade deadline in the CHL that he might go there. Yeah. Which again, why? Like I understand Saskatoon's caliber of players, mm-hmm. but again, that and not that Willie listens to this. But no, on the day he, that I, Willie ever joins, the his program, head might explode if he hears yeah, this. Yeah, the, the day he he jumps on the program, uh, <laughs> or or maybe down the road. Might ask. I'm going to work on it. Were, were the phones ringing for Adam Sikora? And he can say yes, no, or answer otherwise, but I think there's people who want to know. So you can prep, for, uh, prep him with that, and he can decide whether or not he wants to answer it. Yeah. Um, because I think there is a lot of speculation that spiraled out of control on Twitter because of it. Well, mm-hmm. Jeff Merrick threw that one in. Yeah, yeah. There so there was, well, yeah. there was a few grenades. Well, and I think, I think the agent threw that in there yep. to start the stir, which is what an agent is supposed to do. That's right. He did his job there. That's right. Um, but in any case, Adam Sakura, will he come to Medicine Hat? Will he, come to, will, will he come to the CHL? Period. Cole I mean, Cylinder, my can come to the Medicine Hat. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, will the you one accept that his away. Because <laughs> I, I can't help but think we talked about earlier in today's program <laughs> that there's a spot on the top line. You want to play with Wiseblatt and Basha. You want to get first-line minutes ahead of your 19-year-old year at the World Juniors. I mean, you have an opportunity. There you go. If you want to play on the second line, and maybe we can find a spot for you but on the outside of 72 and with 11, might have a spot for you. Yeah! I'm just saying. Yeah, there's... but there's a whole other conversation that we don't have time for, that <laughs> speculation if you bring someone in, who's out? No yeah, one. That would, st- that would start a... No one. They have one import. Yeah, but Are we talking know. about Sakura or Sillinger? We're talking about Sakura. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's I think the no one one's out the window. I now. think that one's Yeah, good. unfortunately, there's no, there's not a whole lot more conversation around Cole. But there's zero. But if you put Sakura in out. the lineup, someone's got to come out of the lineup. No one nope. comes out. Really? Nobody no. comes out of the lineup. Because you'd be at your two imports. He's a 2004 born player. He'd be 19 next year. He's not an overage. He fills the vacant. Yeah, but for the starting lineup, slot. wouldn't someone have to sit? Um, Aren't you undrafted? Nope. Yeah, you'd have another guy come out. I think you'd have you're another gonna, guy sitting, right? But you're you're gonna have moves that are made regardless. This it's, is you're you're not getting the exact same team. I hate to break it to you. The forward group's gonna be different next year. Yes, it right. is. Right, right, right. Top to bottom, this team's gonna look different. Yeah, no, you're right. There's yeah. gonna be some tinkering done. And in so worry you worry about who's gonna come in and out for Adam Sakura, I'm not too concerned. Right. If you find an opportunity to bring a guy in that doesn't hurt you in any which way, you don't have to move an import and you don't have to move a twenty year old spot. You do it. You try and find a way to get him in. And I really think next year there could be a conversation in August, July, about whether or not he comes. Or January. Yeah, even even later. It's possible. After it's deadlines. Possible. Anyway. Sorry. All right, gents. This has been one hour, and this was a— Did we even accomplish anything? Oh, yeah. What we, we accomplished is You want a recap? You, this you weekend, have a good memory. This weekend is huge for the Medicine Hat Tigers. Humongous. It is. We need a win. A or, win. Or two overtime losses. Or two points. Just two points. I'd rather see the win. Yeah. <laughs> I brought that up to Gino yesterday. And regardless, if they win Friday night, mm-hmm. I would like anyone who listens to this podcast to tell your friends, to tell their grandparents, mm-hmm. to tell their aunts and uncles to be a co-op place. Because even if there is an X beside our name, mm-hmm. those boys deserve to have a full barn as recognition 
of what they've done. For the work that they have done this That's year. That's right. 100% with Because this is an 11-win team last year mm-hmm. that was a joke of not only the WHL, but a joke of the CHL. Yep. That in one year mm-hmm. could have an X beside their name. Man, what a turnaround, hey? What a turnaround. Now, uh, no, go on. No, no I was say, when does a coach of the year talk for a turnaround? Makes you wonder. Makes Things you that make you say, hmm. And I'll leave it at that. Hmm. As always, we appreciate you listening. We'll see you down at the barn. Go Tigers, go. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season. Oh, 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 oh.